Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of How to Adult with Travis Walker. This episode is all about burnout. Have you ever been burnt out before, whether it's in your job, whether it's in your extracurricular activities? Have you ever felt burnt out? Of course you have. Of course you felt burnt out. And so we have an incredible, incredible human coming on the show. I met her in college. She's currently a PhD student. Her name is Rosemary. Before we get into the show, y'all, make sure that you follow everything at How to Adult TW on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you share this episode and please, please, please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it, especially if you're on Spotify. They, they have it, make it really easy to review the podcast that you love. So with all that being said, y'all, we are going to talk all about mental health today. So if you're all about mental health, that is what our discussion is. This is an incredible episode, so share it with all your friends that you know are burnt out. With all that being said, let's get into the show and learn how to adult. Rosemary, it is so good to see your smiling face. I I love your face. It's awesome. How are you doing this morning? (laughs) I'm good. It was actually my boyfriend's birthday yesterday. So we got to do all the fun stuff. And now it's like, okay, we got to work for the week. <laughs> now it's time to recover and do all the laundry yeah. and all the things. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you're coming on the show to talk about something I think is really important, something I need to hear, something that a lot of people need to hear. We're talking about the subject of burnout. This is something that's really popular as young adults. We get burnt out pretty easily, but specifically in education, teachers get burnt out pretty easily, pretty often because the world asks us to do a whole lot, uh, which I'm sure you know and understand completely. And so I'm really super duper excited to get into this subject. But before we get there, I want to know a little bit about you. I want to, I want the audience to be able to, to know and trust you and love you as much as I do. How <laughs> old are you? What part of the world do you live in? And what are you doing for a living right now? I know you're in school, so I don't know. Yes. Answer how you want to answer. For sure. Yeah. So I am 20. I was about to say 28. That's my boyfriend's age. I am 26. <laughs> we do not yeah. need those extra years. No, not right now. Not right now. No, I am 26. I'm actually getting my PhD in counseling psychology at the University of Kansas. So I'm living in Kansas right now. So woo, to the Midwest, the Texan <laughs> in me is like, we gotta, we gotta work on it, you know? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of your other question. I really like hot Cheetos, but <laughs> hot Cheetos are incredible, yes. and 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 uh, the breakfast of champions, I would say. Um, so, how old are you? What part of the world do you live in? And then, what do you do for a living? I think that you hit yes, all of them. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You yeah. So I. Well, thank you. I try. <laughs> I actually counsel at a university right now and I am a research assistant. So I'm working on this like grant funded children's project where I get to go into classrooms with kids and observe their behavior and how they can um, do well and do better in school. So lots of fun stuff. That's incredible. That's incredible. And we really need that right now because, you know, we, we need kids to succeed. They're the future. Uh, and so with your PhD, are you're, you're studying the, the, uh, the child side of things or what is it, what's your specific course of study with the PhD? Yeah. So with counseling psychology, we're really looking at clinical practice and researching that, like how 
can we be better clinicians to the population we're interested in? So for me right now, I'm super interested into minority mental health, specifically black women. And I'm about to start taking comps, which is like our big test to see if you know everything. <laughs> wow. Um, but for my big research project, I really want to study this is like, you know, exclusive news that I'm putting on here. I really want to study Black women helpers and how they experience burnout. Wow. Wow. That is incredible. Uh, I teach an African-American ethnic studies class at my school, and the the young women that are in that class, specifically the, the young women of color in that class, they they need that. They they need that research. There, there's a lot of um, identity crisis. I mean, I teach eighth graders, so they're all identity crisis, but, but there's... Yeah, but they're definitely they definitely have an additional portion of, of identity crisis with being young women of color, and so I think this is really important work. And thank you for doing that so much. Um, I'm so I'm so interested in your life. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Well, first of all, good luck on your on your test. I think that you're you're going to do amazing. So I, I guess we need to get into the topic of the show, and and so I want to start off with with just defining this word that we've been using already. But what is burnout? Let's have a common definition of this word. What is burnout? Yeah, so the term burnout has been around for a very long time and no one has coined it. So whoever's trying to make money off of like they invented it, it's not a thing, right? <laughs> but the most popular usage, which is Dr. Christina Maslage, she says it's this extreme level of chronic stress to a high demand or need. So having extreme prolonged stress, right? And I think if anyone gets anything from burnout today, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a long time for you to be officially burnt out. Okay. Okay. And so that's interesting. So it's not just this this trigger like anxiety and depression. Like those things are triggers. You're saying that this happens over time. Correct. Yeah. A lot of things have to happen for you to get this sensation of burnout, right? And why I go talk to different businesses, which is like my side hustle um, about stress and burnout, it's there's ways that you can see it in people and employees. But most specifically, what I'm interested in is in yourself, how to do that self-reflection right. and give yourself a break because there's different things where it's either you're overeating and I'm going into the stuff now overeating or drinking more or just feeling this like I hate this job and I'm going to quit tomorrow and here's the plan you know what I mean that <laughs> takes time and right. you can see it earlier than to the point where it's like I'm leaving this job that makes sense right right absolutely and so what type of environment is the type of environment that leads to burnout quickly? What what are some of the, I guess, the red flags that I should look for in my environment? Because we are products of our, our environment. And so what kind of things should I be looking for in terms of preventing burnout or, or just kind of recognizing that I'm I'm approaching a burnout mode? Yes, very good question. I actually wrote these down because I didn't want to forget all of them. But Dr. Christina Maslach, which she has an inventory that people can pay money for to take. But some of the things she identifies, the first one is lack of control. So if you're working in an environment where you feel like you have no authority or you feel like you have no control of what you do and how you do it, that's one of the big signs in a workplace. Another one is what we all think of overload. So having right. way too much assigned to you with little to no recognition, um, which is another third one of it's going unnoticed that you have a lot on your plate and you're accomplishing it or not accomplishing it and no one's saying anything, right? 
The next one is um, breakdown of community. So if you are working around people that you don't like, your values don't match up, right? And you can't truly be yourself. And we see this a lot with minority communities. So if there's discrimination, if there's racial biases, um, that can be another big factor. And that goes into the other one of absence of fairness. So it's not fair across the board. And again, as a person of color, you see it a lot clearly, right? Right. So-and-so is getting the promotion. So-and-so is speaking up more in the meetings and getting the recognition and you're not, and it's not fair. And another big thing, which a lot of businesses has mission statements, right? So your values just don't align with the business you're working. I actually had that conversation with my last boss when I worked in corporate. Um, Our values are not the same. So I physically cannot work here. (laughs) Right. Right. And and that's so big. People people forget that you you don't have to agree with everything but your like soul needs to like somewhat match up with with who you're working for otherwise you're going to be really miserable like that's that's uh that's a really big thing i want to dive into a few of these things i was writing some of these things down as you were saying them and the, so the first one i want to i want to jump into is recognition uh, I think this is really big and some, I see a lot of memes and TikToks and, and reels and all these things about teachers, you know, how, how we're recognized as we get a bag of chips and a soda for, you know, working double, double time, you know? And, and so I guess we need to talk about how, how do people need to be recognized in, in a way that prevents burnout in a way that, uh, just honors people for their work and their time and their talent. Right. And I, I talked to Albert for this and I'm like, how real can I be with Travis? Because once I start getting <laughs> on my spiel, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, I need people to stop giving potlucks and thinking that's enough for everyone. You know what I right. mean? Or stop like this birthday card that everyone signs and that's enough of the recognition. It really has to be check in with your employee. If you're a supervisor, a leader, a mentor, check in with them past the work. We have to go beyond professionalism is not equated to humanism. Like what I mean by that is we have to check ourselves as a professional when we walk in the door and pretend like life never happened before it. You know what I mean? Right. So check in with all other parts and give recognition that, oh my gosh, you had to do this bake sale over the weekend and still get this project done on Tuesday. That was hard. Thank you for doing that. And then put money where your mouth is. You know what I mean? Do not right. get a title change and the money doesn't come with it. That's not fair. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's so big. And yeah. that, that I think that's in a lot of different fields. You, you know, we'll, we'll give people more responsibility, more titles, and then not compensate these right. people, especially young people, uh, for, for their time and their talent. And I think that that's super important. Oh, so good. So good. And, and and another thing I wanted to jump into was the community piece of what you were just saying. I think that there's been a breakdown of community in, over the last two years in a lot of different ways because of the pandemic, politically, uh, I mean, a lot of different things. And a lot of more people are, are working from home now. And so how do we be conscious of building community and making sure community goes through just we're going to hop on a call and talk to each other? Uh, how, how do we, how do we, we be super duper conscious of, of this piece that we're, we're speaking about? I think, and I think as a teacher, you feel this too. We need to have honest conversations of what's happening in society and do trainings on how we have those honest conversations. And I ran into this a lot when I worked in corporate 
you can't ask somebody how they're doing or bring up a sensitive topic that happened on the news yesterday that's impacting maybe like two of your employees without knowing how to phrase that, right? right. And be able to be uncomfortable with your incompetencies and learning how to really embrace your variety of employees so that way you can bring community. And as a teacher, because I taught since I was 19, I miss it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I always say like, I taught through two elections and I taught through a pandemic, right? So very opposing ideas all the time. And we have to create a sphere of everyone's ideas and what they bring to the table all fits in my classroom. And everyone's right. going to get respected in my classroom. And then define what respect is and be okay to be wrong if how you thought respect really wasn't respect for somebody else. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, um, yeah. So having those open conversations and if you don't know how, hire someone that does. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a big portion of that is like, if, if you don't know anything at all, start with listening. Yes. You know, I, I, I'm a, I am very conscious and, and aware that I am a white male teaching an African-American ethnic studies class. I'm very aware of that. And but how I approach that class specifically is that I'm going to walk in and I'm going to listen you know, and, and so that's a big portion of my philosophy. Another big portion of my philosophy is I can teach facts all day. And, and that's what I do. I teach facts, but then I bring in other people to talk about the experience that I don't have. And so that that's a big part of portion of my philosophy. And I think that's really, really important. And that just goes back to our portion of community, which is our point that we're talking about and, uh, and building that community, making sure people know, hey, I, I want you to come talk to my class. It's really super duper important. Um, and so, oh, so good. Yes, yes, it builds it trust. It builds trust and it builds loyalty. And um, why I say, you know, how, knowing how to have those conversations is because you don't know even how to communicate with someone. How are you going to expect them to trust you, have community, be friends, feel safe to be themselves? Because when you're not fully yourself, that's a really big way to um, have burnout. You know what I mean? Yes. Because then you want to go somewhere where you can be yourself and get paid a lot more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Something that I, I, I'm going to get to my other points in just a moment, but something else is yeah. just, uh, I think a lot of people, uh, especially people that I think you and I are like, we put a lot on ourselves. And, and then when we don't accomplish all the things that we want to accomplish, that I, I think that's another portion that that leads to burnout. I was like, I put on all of this because I wanted to accomplish all of these things, and I wasn't able to do it. And so, how do we pump the brakes on saying yes, 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 and, and maybe say no, just so that we can accomplish these things at a high level? How do we approach that? I love what you're saying because there's actually research on that, and it's called <laughs> activist burnout. So, a lot of the times when we see burnout in research is with people who are in the healthcare fields people who are social activists, people who are teachers, right? It's these high achievers. And I like Frudenberg's definition. And I hope people don't turn me off because I talk a lot about research. But <laughs> Frudenberg's definition of dedicated and committed workers, these people who fight for a cause, and they know how bad and in need these populations are. And when we have to start setting those boundaries is what I call it is you need to know yourself, the self-reflection of I'm getting really stressed. I know I cannot change the world by myself in this field. You know what I mean? You need to, and shameless plug, talk to a counselor. Yes. <laughs> um, know what those um, 
boundaries and how far you can go with just yourself and being happy with how as far as you go, that is significant change, right? If yeah. I can wave my wand and change, you know, hunger tomorrow, I would, but I know I can't. But if I donate my time to a food pantry here in Lawrence, that is enough. And put that pressure off of yourself. Know that there's other people in the world who are doing exactly what you're doing and doing great work. So then you don't have to feel like, if not me, then who? You know what I mean? Right. And a oh, lot yeah. of minority people of color, we know that feeling. It's like, if I don't do the diversity committee and all these different committees, then who will do it? And what are they going to say? You know, right. one person and you got a family, you have a dog, you, you go to the gym, you need to take care of yourself because you really don't, then it won't be you. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I can't count <laughs> I love everything that you're saying. Oh my gosh. I think that that that's super, super duper big. And so when we're when we're working for a company, and, and I'm gonna maybe look at the front end of this, right? We're 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 job searching and we're looking for a company that we wanna work for. How do we be super duper sure? that our mission our mission and values is going to match up with this and also balance that with i need a job to pay my bills and prioritize those two different things oh travis there's so many things i want to say about that. <laughs> let me start with the first half of the question how do we figure that out one i always say the employees that have worked there at least for two to three years i want you to ask them questions when I yes. was looking at programs, especially here, um, counseling psychology programs, I met the one black woman I saw and I said, what is it like to be a black woman in this program? And I need you to tell me the truth. And she did. And she told me the pros and the cons. And I, that was enough for me. Right. Yeah. Um, and so asking the employee what it's like, really doing the research, look at Blackboard, look at Indeed. And I know people are like, well, they only put negative stuff in there. Yes, and pay attention. <laughs> right, notes, pay attention right? to that. Mm -hmm. take, take notes and look at the different positions, not just yours. Because if they can treat someone at higher levels of a position like that, imagine what it's going to be like for you. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then in the interview, don't be afraid to ask questions because here's the thing that people forget. It's like, yes, I need the money, which do not let me forget. I'm going to come back to that. Yes. And you still have to work here because if you lead to burnout again, that job will run you out if you don't ask the questions in the interview. They want oh, you yeah. just as much as you want them. So then ask the real questions of like, what does work-life balance look like? I have a dog. I like to spend time with my dog. When, when it's, if it's five o'clock, can I turn my phone off? And I know that my, my supervisor is not going to expect me to listen to his phone calls. You know what I mean? Right. Ask those questions and don't be afraid because now Travis, we get into the money part. Yes. I've money. Always, right. <laughs> <laughs> I am a black woman in America. I, I know the struggle of wanting money and I've never quit a job in my life. I had a job where it was extremely toxic. I wrote about it in my blog. It was the only job I quit. And I literally was to the point of, I didn't want to be on this planet anymore. And that's another extreme level of burnout is suicide right. ideation, suicidal thoughts. Sure. And for me, I was looking at, if I don't have this job that pays my bills, that pays my tuition, that pays for me being here. If I don't have this job, I have nothing. So then I am nothing, which is not true. I know that now. 
Um, I learned that who I am and what I bring will have many jobs coming with it. And when you know that and you bring that in all of your spaces, you will be shocked how many people are attracted to your mission because you are your mission and you're passionate about it. So when I talk to my students and other employees of, I'm scared I won't be able to pay my bills, I'm always like, but at what cost? Is it at the cost of your mental stability? Is it at cost of you don't wanna be on this planet anymore? If so, no job is worth it. I'm telling you that and meet someone like me and I can find you four by the end of the business day. (laughs) Right. There's a plug. (laughs) You know what I mean? I tell my students that all the time. If they're ever in a position at a very toxic workplace, come find me. Five months, five weeks, or five years from now, I will always help you because someone in my position at that time in my life did. So again, that's a really privileged place for me. I'm not married. I don't have kids and I'm able to move and shake the way I want to. But with those responsibilities, understand if you are a parent, they need you and they want you to be healthy and yes, pay your bills. And if that means you have to do the shop for another two months and find something else, that's great. But I know your kids would want you at the healthiest place you can be. And if we got to struggle for a month, let that job go. I promise you have the faith, sorry, faith, but you know, I'm a spiritual woman, have the faith that something better is going to come because it happened to me. That's so good. That's so good. And it's such a, you're inspirational. I love it. You mentioned, (laughs) (laughs) you mentioned uh, suicide ideation. And this is actually one of my questions that that I have. Uh, And actually one of the questions that my wife has, because she has generalized anxiety disorder. And you said that you would take questions from Amber as well. And so how does diagnosed mental health problems amplify burnout? Oh my goodness. I'm glad you to say about this too. Yeah. Well, thank you, Amber, for asking that question. And oh, I knew this would happen. So I think from Dr. Christina Majlaj, who is one of the big names in burnout, she says that we catch it too late with anxiety and depression because people usually come into my chair and they don't know how it happens. So I usually give the cycle of let's say you have a big deadline, right? And you're super overworked, you're super tired. And all you're thinking is getting this deadline done. Then that means, oh, I'm not going to cook. I'm just going to order in. I'm going to eat Domino's. I'm not going to spend time with my kids because I have this deadline on my mind. So if I'm not cooking, I'm not going to exercise because I need to get work done and that's going to take up too much of my time. And then sometimes people get this, I'm eating too much. And they do this shame, shame thing. Shout out Dr. Brené Brown. And they might drink or they might watch TV or do something to numb those thoughts, right? Right. The deadline comes, they finish it, but they don't feel better afterwards. And then they have signs of depression. Like I'm doing everything I can. I'm not taking care of myself. How did I end up here? When there were so many trigger signs before it. And there are people who experience anxiety and depression outside of burnout. Let me make that very clear. But there were so many signs before it where I'm like, you're experiencing sadness because you are tired. You're working in a very extreme job. I would be tired too. When nobody's giving me the recognition that I'm struggling, I will be depressed. You know what I mean? And anxiety is one of my favorite things to talk about because we stress about the future. And the future is loud in our head and it will not shut up. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or we have anxiety of what we could have done better in the past. And so we're juggling the both, right? 
And so from a clinical sense, I'm always bringing in the environment into the room. It's not just you. And I bring validation that everything around you, it makes sense why your anxiety is going crazy. It would go crazy for me too. And when you feel seen that you're not the only one and you feel seen that your anxiety is not overpowering you, you can be more honest and be like, okay, this is going to pass. Or I need to leave and exit for this to pass. Right. (laughs) Taking control. Yeah. Correct. And feeling empowered about your mental illness. Absolutely. Oh, no. (laughs) So good. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. And and so I let's say I I have a a, a diagnosed mental health disorder uh, Uh uh, and I'm experiencing burnout. How do I edge back? where i mean edging back could could cause even more anxiety even more depression so how am i cautious if i if i'm going to edge back and i'm going to take care of myself how do how do i approach that um i i'm gonna use my first gen clients that i see a lot because when you're first gen it's like i have to be absolutely the best right but i have super high anxiety And I can't tell my family about it because they're like, what's anxiety? You're going to school. You're great. You know what I mean? Right. And I say, okay, if you don't get 100 and you get a 92, what does that say about you? Like, I want to hear those thoughts, right? So we can dissect that if that's, I should have done better. I should have studied more. And I'm like, this should thing, who is that coming from? Is it coming from you? Or is it coming from a lifetime of hearing that you should have done better? What happened to those eight points? then you know that you have the power to be like, a 92 is great. And I really, if there's a first gen person listening, hear me when I say that it's okay to let your parents down and their expectations. It's okay to let down your friend's expectations if that means you're going to be okay. So if that means that you don't have to sleep in the library and you might actually enjoy your friends, watch the TV you always wanted to watch, don't shame yourself for taking care of yourself. Because that was yes. conditioned in you. You know what I mean? That's what your anxiety feeds off of. It's the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, and your right. your dreams and goals are, are your own, right? And, and so you've got to, you decide what your methodology on achieving those dreams and goals are. Uh, and, and if the people around you are not, um, are not, feeding what you need you know a, 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 if a plant isn't growing well what do you do you change the environment and and you've got to change your environment in a way that makes sense that you can deal with at the end of the day but it all comes back to environment for me and and changing that if you have the power to change that which i think most people do yes if you have the power and it's safe like if it's a money thing and financial we can figure that out. That means you have to still do this degree to pay for school. We can still find other activities that feed your soul. I never want it to be like, you have the power to do your own destiny when I know like finances and being a minority is a thing, right? Right. Um, but I think as teachers, we're always like, okay, today you want to be a nurse and tomorrow you want to be a makeup artist. Sounds great to me. But as a student that's been conditioned for a lot of parts of their life of if I'm not a nurse, I'm nothing. And I will let so many people down that put their dreams on me, which is so heavy, right? And now you have a person of like, the dream that you have sounds amazing to me. And how can I help you get there? It can be scary, but it can feel like a relief that they didn't have to carry it their whole life. And now we try something new, right? 
Yes, yes. And so we're talking about all these different groups of people. We, we've talked about yeah. several different groups of people, mental health, first gen, a lot of different people. And so I want to dive a little bit deeper into how do people experience burnout differently? Because we're all different and we're talking about these different groups of people. So how do we experience burnout differently and how differently can it look if we're looking upon our, our loved ones and our friends and being cautious with our coworkers. And so how, how can we experience this differently? Really good science. Um, I created this balloon theory, right? Again, exclusive content for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm blessed. Oh, of course, anything, anything. And I call it, it's like sitting on a balloon, right? Like when you're little and you used to sit on a big balloon, that balloon is stress, okay? And the stress right. can be either work, life, whatever. And there's a couple of things that will happen if you sit on the balloon too long. The first one is it could pop. And I call the popping sensation of anger, of not emotional exhaustion to where you're hostile and you're very short with other people. That's when, let's say, I'll use Albert's name. He comes in for a pencil for the 50 millionth time, but this day that I'm overly stressed and I snap at him and tell him we work in a corporate office, go find a pencil somewhere else and lock my door. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally out of character for me. Well, not me personally, but totally out of character <laughs> or something <Right>. else. <laughs> and you're just a short fuse. That's what I call balloon popping. Um, deflating is usually the ones that come into my chair more often. It's the people who are leaving their jobs and still feeling tired. Like the satisfaction of being home, the satisfaction of sleep is not doing it for you anymore. And it's wow. this emotional exhaustion and deep levels of sadness. That's what I call the deflation. The other one is the, it kind of falls out of you. Like you're not sitting on it anymore. You just kind of fall on your butt. This is kind of like, yeah. how did we get here? So, <laughs> This is like a mental breakdown out of nowhere when you're ordering ice cream or I've seen clients that work in like very, what do you call them? High demanding jobs with heavy levels of machinery and they right. go in there drunk and they've never done that for 10 years. And uh -oh. how did I get here? How did all of a sudden I just changed who I was? You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and the last one in my balloon theory is kind of balancing. I call that dangerous because you cannot balance on a balloon forever. You're not supposed to. So when you're right. balancing, it's they're either giving you more balloons to juggle and they're people like me where it's like, I can handle anything, right? I'm a workhorse. <laughs> and eventually you're going to fall into the other three or you're just going to get up and go find something else because you're like, right. no one's noticing this big air balloon I'm sitting on, but expecting me to handle it. I'm going to find someone else. Oh my gosh. I, so just validation. I love your balloon theory and I see myself in several. Can we experience multiple of these uh, throughout the week and throughout the year? How, how does, how does that work? Oh, for sure. You can do all four. You can literally experience all four. And I think the combination can lead to this burnout sensation of, I don't know anymore. This job, this entity is not for me. And this can lead into the extreme levels of what I call suicide ideation, right? Sure. If you are balancing men in balloons and getting breaks from none of them, like you're going to have a sense of hopelessness or compassion fatigue that we see a lot with counselors. And yeah. it's just like nothing in my life is going to get better than this. And that's so scary when it can be easily, if someone else saw it and helped you, can easily be helped. Right. Right. 
And so you mentioned a few times uh, is is the extreme of burnout like the 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 as far as you can go on burnout mm-hmm. does that just like, imme- like immediately raise your chances of suicide ideation because you mentioned that a few times and so I'm just curious of of why that is. Mm, there's several studies. I don't think it's like a if you have very high levels of burnout, you're going to get suicide ideation. No. What the research shows and Dr. Christina Majlot saw was that the higher levels, the more likely you'll have suicidal ideation. When when I say ideation, like thoughts, you know what I mean? There's several right. studies, even in Japan, that show that. And so when I say that to different corporate businesses, they're like, oh, she said the S word. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it's a buzzword. It is. Correct. But as a counselor, you would be shocked how often I hear about suicidal ideation. And it can be someone that had everything going for them and still have it. Or someone that had the most traumatic stories and keep you up at night and still have it. So that's why we need to take the power away from talking about it because you don't, you might know someone that knows someone that has died from suicide, especially after a pandemic where we're all recovering. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this hits the different age groups, every age group, right? I mean, from, from young student to, to college student to, to adult worker, I think that this hits everyone kind of equally, it, but it may hit them in different ways, right? The workload's a little bit different. Um, but I think that this is real through, throughout uh, all of the age groups. And so something that we need to be conscious of and look out for as, as teachers and as, as leaders, as, as adults. Yeah. And so this right. is, I think this is really important for sure. Anything else to add on that? Yeah, I love what you said, because in my work with clients, I've had people who have these levels of emotional sadness and emotional exhaustion as young as fifth grade, sixth grade. Wow. And that was their first time of suicidal thoughts and attempting, you know what I mean? So in my world, it's like, it's not separate. It's not separate. Some of these kids have been through really hard stuff and school's not and I don't say it to teachers because teachers need a lot more money and a lot more recognition. <laughs> but I agree. How, how the school <laughs> system is shaped in some places, it's really hard for students not to experience burnout. You know what I mean? Especially in big classrooms where they don't get that recognition piece and oh, yeah. have these high level demands of standardized tests. Oh, that's a whole dissertation in itself, you know? Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I think so too. And, and so... Uh, just kind of, I guess I'm going to go on a little tangent because I, I want to know your opinion on this is because we, we talked about suicide being a buzzword. And I think there's, there's a lot of words that we overuse, right? I mean, especially in my students uh, saying things like kind of suicide ideation, but they're joking, quote unquote, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to kill myself or, or what or something like that. Uh, or or racism is becoming the same thing in, in in my school setting, and so we're we're utilizing these words that have real value and have a, a deep meaning that we need to understand, and we're just using them like like we're saying hello. And, and so, what kind of impact does that have when we talk about things? Uh, when when we talk about things, because I think that 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 ha- it has to have an impact of some kind. Yes, especially with worlds like TikTok and everything, people can just find these things and use it in whatever. And as a counselor, I see a lot of people coming in for anxiety and depression. They're like, I need medication. How do I get that? 
and I'm like, explain to me a little bit of what your depression looks like. <laughs> you know yeah. Um, because they have read this whole script. I had, and I worked at a small school where the script was kind of going around and they were all using it to get this medication. And it's so unfortunate because there's people who actually do need it. Right. Right. And I totally understand that these things have been going undiagnosed for a very long time, especially for minority communities. But I don't like when people use it to get access to power or access to a narrative that's going to benefit them in an unhealthy way. That's where I get a little upset. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. But without the. And there goes my AirPod again. Without the <laughs> education and without the comfortability of being uncomfortable of what we don't know, right? So that means talking more about mental health, talking more about social justice in a way. And let me not go down that tangent. <laughs> but <laughs> without that, you know, diverse population of sharing ideas those trigger words and buzzwords are just going to amplify and it's going to amplify right. a narrative that doesn't need to be amplified when there's people who actually are struggling that need their voices to be uplifted. Hopefully that makes oh, sense. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, and I think that the overuse of these words in, in inappropriate settings is dangerous and it de-emphasizes yeah. the word. And then, then, then what do we got? You know, we've got a, right. we've got a real topic that needs to be talked about, but then it's just like, oh, people just roll their eyes when it comes up. And so I, I think that's real. And I think that's, that's super duper important. And so we also have this society where you are, you are weak. You are mentally weak if you cannot handle the workload, right? We have this society that values mental toughness and being able to handle yeah. these things yep. but we also we have this little sprinkle coming up in society where it's uh where it's okay to take care of your mental health and so how do we balance you know being mentally tough and and this i, I don't know i, I don't, I don't want to blame the older generation but it's an older thought like being oh. mentally tough and, and also valuing like i need a break sometimes and and i need i need to value my mental health how do we balance oh, those God. two societal societal uh, pools. I love that question because I get that question a lot with the corporate companies that I talk about. It's like, how do we be understanding without being their therapist, right? And it's the people that are this mentally tough. They're like, I'm great. Those are the ones where I can ask like three or four questions. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no one has told you before. You know what I mean? Um, but I always say, um, some of my clients, when they've done counseling for a while, they're like, I don't have much to bring today, right? And I'm like, that's okay. It's okay to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to not have your mental health totally driving you nuts today. That's fine, right? But when we don't have that self-reflection, again, of some of the behaviors we do. So for me, it was eating for a lot of the times. I used to eat as a reward. I used to eat as punishment. I never thought that was a thing until I saw a dietitian who pointed that out right? Wow. If we don't have those times where we can go in and talk to a professional about our behaviors and how we did life, because how we did life is how we got through it. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. However you cope to get to my chair, I'm proud of you. So now yeah. there's a way we can change that. You know what I mean? But there is a balance and know that you're going to have bad days. You're going to have days where you have to take care of yourself, just like you get the cold, just like you get the flu. It's going to happen. But with mental 
illness or self-care is what the trigger word for a lot of people <laughs> in corporate businesses. They're so over that word. Um, yeah. Self-care, if we <laughs> don't have the education to actually do that, when we do have bad days, we're going to go into those um, negative coping ways that are acceptable. Drinking, right? Over-exercising. Right. Eating, right? being hostile to our partner for no reason because we refuse to acknowledge that work is stressing us out okay we'll go into that because it's more socially acceptable but when it's taken a detriment so when people have panic attacks heart attacks when people are gaining weight losing weight doing all the things when it gets to the extreme level of the problem that's when we want to address it so i say if you're even having questions about like what is my mental health status go see someone. There's so many yeah. ways to do that. And counselors are okay if you don't have an extreme level of something and you just want to talk about like, what's my status, my mental health? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that that's really good. And, and knowing that a lot of my audience is, is are young adults trying to mm -hmm. figure this world out, yeah. you know, and, and also knowing my, my wife going through this, you know, the, the therapy industry is a very expensive industry and yes. a very expensive thing to, to try to pay for. And so are there affordable options that you can, you can talk about and help us out with, with getting that mental help that, that we need? I love this podcast. Yes, there are ways. <laughs> um, there are some counselors that do pro bono work where they have maybe one or two slots to see someone for free. If you just talk to them and reach out. My dietitian, she charged $170. And I said, ma'am, I'm in grad school. I can't afford that. And she, right. <laughs> and she saw me pro bono. <laughs> you know what I mean? And a lot of insurances, if you do have insurance, you can see someone for a little as $20 a session, which can be great. And there are places that do it for free or they have groups that you can go into for free. And group therapy is one of the best things I have ever done in my life. I will not lie about that. It has saved my life before. So wow. it's really asking someone in the field, please, if my email's there, you can email me and I can help you look or at least get you to someone that can help you look. But don't think that your mental health and taking care of that is out of your reach. And it's a privilege you can't afford because it's not true. Wow. Wow. I, I just learned so much. I mean, we, we've been trying to find an affordable way for Amber to see uh, a therapist. And, and it, it's been a challenge. It's hard to, yeah. to find an affordable way to, to speak to a professional. And so that that's really helpful. And it seems like we just need to be asking, you know, just ask what, what the options are to, to these people. And so that's really helpful. Right. That's really, really helpful. And so a moment ago, you mentioned kind of uh, outlash, outlashing or, or, or lashing out at your, at your partner as, you know, a societal way to, you know, be okay with, with being burnt out. And so I want to talk about how does us being burnt out as individuals impact the people around us and our environment? Because it, it's got to have some type of impact. What, what is the oh, impact? The, uh, especially if it doesn't go unchecked, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, a lot of the time, and ooh, do I want to? I will use my example. I don't want to put anyone in my life on the spot, but I'll use me as an example. <laughs> when I'm emotionally exhausted from seeing clients, and I see clients with really high needs, severe minorities, and it's great. I love it, but it does take a toll. For my partner, I don't have anything left at the end of the day. Like if I see a high need client and I give them all my attention and active listening and empathy, I don't have enough for myself, one, 
I definitely don't have anything for you. So I noticed myself being very short. I noticed myself being, I, if you have something going on, don't tell me. <laughs> I can't help you today. I really can't. Um, I noticed myself, especially in academia, just being like, I don't want to participate in class. I don't want to talk about this hard thing. I'm just burnt out with it all. And yeah. these withdrawing from relationships, lashing out with these relationships. And I've had the point when I worked in that toxic environment where someone was like, I really need you to see a counselor. I really need you to go because you are walking around with a dark cloud and pretending that everyone doesn't see it. And that's not serving you anymore. And yeah. for me, I took that as an offense. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm doing my work. I get it done on time. How dare you say that? But I wasn't recognizing in the ways that I was doing it was hurting people I didn't want to hurt. And it came from someone I truly trusted. That's why community is important. And I took her word on that. And I definitely was having the biggest rain cloud over my head, right? So if people in your life come to you and feel safe enough to tell you, be open to listen. Because we're blind to ourselves sometimes when we don't have that self-reflection. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean... I I think this is just like relationships, right? You, you you lash out and then, I mean, for me at least, almost immediately, I'm like, why did I do that? Like, why yes. did I raise oh. my voice or say that rude thing? And then and then I'm like having to go back. I'm like, I don't even know why I did that. I'm like, and I'm sorry mm -hmm. for that. Um, yeah. That and so oh, I, I guess, the, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I wanted to say something on that because I'm that person. I apologize like 30 seconds later. And I have to recognize that apologizing can only get so far. Like right. apologizing with no change is now manipulation for me and what I my therapist told me. So <laughs> I like um, that. It was like when you feel this trigger, what do you do so you don't lash out on your partner, right? Maybe sending a text of, hey, babe, I had three hard clients. I love you. Can you give me the space tonight? And then like, we'll pick up tomorrow, right? I need to do some self-care stuff, SB, that word. Um, and yeah. then I'll be fully, my cup will be filled and I'll be such a great partner tomorrow. But today I can't give you that, unfortunately. Right, right. And so, so far, I think we've been talking about the presence of burnout and, and mm -hmm. how to recognize it. And so I want to shift a little bit on the mm -hmm. actions that we can take to maybe avoid burnout or, or being cautious of uh, this or just like looking at your week and being like, oh, wow, uh, that's a week right there. How can I how can I be conscious of, of burnout being maybe being possible this week? or also just avoiding it entirely? Should I avoid it? Uh, I think that now I kind of want to shift into action. Yes, so good question. Knowing if you have this big project, and I'm talking about people who work in a company, um, if you have this big project going up and this is where you already know how you react to it, think of the ways it can be different. So it's like, okay, this big project, but I have to do two walks this week. I have, no matter what I'm doing, how stressed I am, I need to do those two walks. Have your therapist session in that week before the spring project. <laughs> yes. Because I'm a person of, I don't, and it's so controversial because I'm a counselor, but I don't really regulate my emotions well, except when I have that time with my counselor. That's when I can open that box and just let it all out. You know what I mean? So whether that is a counselor or there's healing with your friends, you know what I mean? Having that, like, we're going to have that girls night in that week, right? Also, if you work somewhere and you trust your supervisor, be honest with them. Be honest yes. and be okay with being vulnerable about it. Of like, my parents are sick and it's 
really affecting me this week. So if I don't get it done in that day, or if I get it to that next day, is that okay? And that's where it's coming from. So I can hear the people of like, but I don't like my supervisor, right? Don't worry. <laughs> I'm going to talk about them now, right? <laughs> yes. So what I, if I don't like them? Correct. If you don't like them, um, still ask for that extra day. You don't have to trust them to tell them exactly what's going on because I've been there and being okay with they're going to get the work the next day and they're going to be okay with it. <laughs> yeah. And if they try to fire me and I'm honest about what's going on and they still try to fire me, then that's a whole lawsuit and we can, we can move on from that. But <laughs> in this world now and how businesses are becoming more open mind, be okay knowing that like they don't want to be that next business on TikTok. Okay. I've been on the other side and they've talked about that. They don't want to be right. that job that like fired you because you were going through something. Trust me. So it's so it's a little more comfortable now. But as a supervisor, a mentor, a teacher, I always say for burnout, you need to know who's working for you. I never had an attendance problem be, and I didn't have a requirement of attendance and people don't believe me. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the pandemic, I never had a problem and they would come in person because I knew their favorite food. I knew their favorite color. I said, if you need a day just to take care of yourself, you don't have to explain that to me. Just come when your cup is at least 80% filled. And they yeah. loved that. It created loyalty. They said, I get to be myself and advocate for myself in the space. And you mean I can have that in a different workplace? Sorry, I'm not trying to be emotional. Um, I love it. So it's really this, we need to be empathic and lead with empathy. I literally reached out to a student who didn't show up for six weeks and I was pissed, trust me. I will admit <laughs> that I was. And they were asking for extra credit and I'm like, it's been six weeks, you know what I mean? And yeah. he came in and he said, when I leave here, I'm gonna commit suicide. And he was going through a lot, his own life stuff. And had I not just asked him if he was okay and not led with, you haven't been here for six weeks, you know what I mean? Right. That conversation, how things would have went, would have been different than how it did. He is fine. He went, you know, went to a hospital. Everything's okay with that. But that's why I say with leaders and stress to them, you need to lead with empathy and know your people. You don't know where that conversation, that check-in for burnout can lead you. You know what I mean? Wow. And you don't have to be a counselor to do that. Have the resources for the things that you lack. And that makes you a good leader and a good supervisor. Absolutely. Wow. So powerful. <laughs> so powerful and so important. We need to be conscious. We need to know our people. We need to know our students and know who we're working with and, and make sure that we're taking care of them. Taking care of them is more important than a deadline or, or a grade or, or anything. Taking care of that, that person is more important. Uh, I think that's that's a really strong and, and reasonable message to push here. And so when I'm burnt out, how do I get back into the groove? <laughs> How do I get back? I, I want to be myself, right? How do yeah. I get back into to, to my groove of being myself and, and living my best life? After you do your check-ins and doing your favorite things, and that's different for everyone. So I don't want to say eat ice cream and everything's great. You know what I mean? Once you know <laughs> what those things are and you do them and also don't shame yourself for doing it. Cause I run into that a lot with my clients. Like I read that book that I like, but it took away from me getting that assignment done. So now I'm mad at myself. You have to unlearn that, right? Taking care of yourself is not a punishment, right? It's not a distraction. 
It really right. is. I'm healing my soul. Right. So after you do that and you feel okay, go back to work, see how things are different this time. If you're still running into this, I'm so emotionally exhausted. I did everything that made me happy. The environment might need to change. And again, right. I know that's scary and I know money is a thing, but you are more important. If you're doing the things to take care of yourself and it's still not, I can't get in the back of the swing of things, then it's not you. It's the environment now. Wow. Okay. I like that. I like that. That's really good. And so before we get into the closing questions of the show, which is crazy that we're already at, uh, like approaching the end. I have been rambling. What? Yeah. <laughs> what am I not asking about uh, on burnout? What What else do we need to know about burnout that I haven't asked about that we need to know? That, and I wish I touched on this more, but back to it, we experience it differently, especially with minorities. And I say black women, um, because we have this strong black woman narrative of like, we don't deal with our emotions, we get through things, blah, blah, blah. But getting through these things can have high correlations with emotional avoidance. So you may mm -hmm. think everything's great with me working, but on the inside, I am suffering. I am literally suffering, but I don't have a choice because I have a family and I need to pay my bills. But at some point, that's going to catch up to me. You know what I mean? Um, so when you educate yourselves on how people and cultures are conditioned for protection, it's rightfully so for protection of how they put their emotions aside and how they struggle aside, you know how to ask the questions to check in on that of like, I know you're gonna get this assignment done, but I'm not asking about that. How are you, like, what are you doing outside of work? And how are you taking care of yourself when you come to me, right? Wow. Um, and I've had great supervisors and I won't go into another story that have told <laughs> me that. And it's like, I will let you go if that meant you were going to be okay as a person. And I hope you don't take that personally, but I will let you go if that means I get to help you save yourself. Because rock bottom is not always bad, Travis, because God made the rock. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's not rock several times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's that's a really important message. Right. And I think that you, you are... Your energy is uh, contagious. You are incredibly inspiring. I think I, I learned a lot today. And, and so I, just from myself, thank you. And also, I'm sure our listeners are going to be so thankful and, and so grateful for all the messages that you pushed here today. So I really appreciate it. And so let's get into the closing questions of the show and let's see what we can do here. What is your final piece of advice for those people that are approaching burn, burnout, are burnt out, what is our final piece of advice for those people? Um, it's not your fault. It's, it's not your fault for approaching burnout. We have left, are still kind of in a pandemic and we all have experienced so much life stuff. So take that shame of, I can't believe I'm hitting burnout with a job that I loved and that I'm good at. That is so okay. Take that pressure off. And also there's ways that you can get out of that. Even if the people are not seeing it within you, at least you do. And that means if you can show that to somebody else outside of that environment, they'll see it too. Right. So hold on yes. to that. Um, and it says nothing about your character, who you are as a person, a woman, a man and everything in between beautifully. You know what I mean? Um, you're still an incredible entity, no matter what job title. So. Wow. I love that. I love that. It is not your fault. That is so good. Uh, so what is something that you are working on as a young adult? What is something that you're still developing and, and still working on? Uh, 
imposter syndrome. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> me too. It's oh. bad with me. It's so bad. Like even doing this podcast, I'm like, oh my gosh, people are going to rip me to shreds after, you know what I mean? But knowing that, you know, I'm not supposed to know everything and it's okay that my resume is not going to be the absolute best it's going to be because it's never going to be that. That's an impossible dream. So right. to working on that imposter syndrome in academia. <laughs> wow. I, I think that, that that's real life. I mean, even starting the podcast, I was like, uh, what do I know to, to deserve <laughs> having a podcast about adulting? I, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then I realized that's not the point. The point is like, we're going to learn how to adult together. And so that's, that's really good, really important. And so I want to know where can people learn more about you earlier in the show? You mentioned a blog, where can we learn more about you, all of your stuff and just keep up with you? Yikes. Okay. Yeah. So I have a blog called insecurecinderella.com. And I write about mental health, I write about minority issues and social justice and just, you know, just stuff that's on my mind. So insecurecinderella.com. Um, and then I, you know, go to KU and you feel free to email me or on LinkedIn, I'm on there as well. And Instagram, Rosie Poo XOXO. <laughs> yes. I need to change that. But that's <laughs> I what love it. it. It's right good. Now. Um, and please feel free to chat with me about mental health. It's one of my favorite things. And I wish I had that when I was younger. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we are, you are episode 15, I believe. And, and somehow, uh, none of my episodes have been, have been about mental health until now. And somehow mental health has come into every single conversation that I've had so far. And so I'm glad that we had this show. I'm glad that we talked about it because it's something real and it's something that a lot of people, if not everyone is facing. And so that's really good. So thank you. Thank you. So Make sure that you go and find the blog, find her on LinkedIn, find Rosemary on Instagram, all of the things. Make sure that you also go find at HowToAdultTW on Instagram and Facebook and share this podcast. This is the one to share. Uh, if, if you haven't shared any of my podcasts, this is the one to share with all of the people that you know, all the people that you love. This is real life, y'all. With all that being said, y'all, we are going to learn how to adult together. <laughs>